Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. All right, what is up, people of the internet? Welcome to 2023, the season premiere. This is uh, this is another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And I'm David. And today's episode, let's see, we have a couple fun little bits of tech news to start the year. We have not one, but two Pro Display XDR competitors recently that we'll talk about. Uh, Pixel 7's randomly exploding. Also, some new Qi 2 information. We're trying to figure out what that means for the future of Android and iPhone wireless charging. And also, we'll wrap it up by bringing CES to us. It's a banger to start the year. Um, Bangers only. Yeah. On this podcast. Dot, dot what again? Net. Dot net. net. Of course. Bangers only dot net on this podcast right now. Uh, but the first thing you have here uh, is AirTag's luggage. And I'm going to let you explain because I haven't seen this story. It, it was really quick, um, but I just thought it was funny. Uh, pretty much. Do you know how like two weeks ago we had this crazy weather in the U.S. and we cold. had tons like we had flights canceled to the point where i think southwest was like losing their employees like they didn't even know where they were um anyways lots of delayed and canceled flights lots of lost luggage and surprisingly a ton of tweets and stories i saw about people finding their luggage only because of their air tags when the one instance was somebody at the airport them saying oh your baggage is somewhere else and then like walking up to a door and saying like no this it says it's right behind here and then them opening the door and finding a bunch of luggage oh for people waiting gosh. so i put air tags in our tripod bags because that's the only thing that we check under the plane when we travel yeah. i swear to you it's the number one first place you should put an air tag yeah. is in your luggage that goes mm-hmm. under the plane because you are separated from your belongings and you just have to trust whatever they say about where your belongings are yeah and they're usually wrong yeah <laughs> and that's been so so helpful for us the- it's actually been helpful with one of our trips already yeah i think like it's what are they 29 dollars or something yeah, yeah something like bucks. that yeah you get it, a pack of them it seems super worth it especially if you're traveling often or traveling with expensive stuff um one of these other stories that kind of blew up was a woman who put it in her luggage they said it was with a distribution service she saw it in the like dumpster of a like next to the dumpsters of this apartment complex because apparently United used some third-party delivery system to like deliver the bags, but they delivered it to the wrong place outside oh. an apartment complex and claimed it was delivered. And then only because she could say, it's not delivered, I see where it is, did they get that back and get it to her eventually. Wow. And um, so not only are AirTags helping you if you lose it, but maybe airlines will realize they can't lie quite as bad or they just won't care and their airlines and yeah there are some viral videos on youtube already of people tracking packages with air tags they'll like ship something oh really and yeah. then the package will do this weird route and they'll call and ask what happened and dhl will give them an explanation that is absolutely not <laughs> what's happening with their package and yeah i just find that hilarious yeah I think AirTags are a good, if you haven't got one for a holiday gift, it's probably a good thing to grab if you're going to travel. Great stocking stuffers for- That's uh, a really good point. 12 years from now, 12 months from now. Yeah. 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 Get on it now, because I <laughs> know you're going to forget in December and not order it on time. Get your so. Christmas shopping in early, <laughs> yeah, January 2023. Yeah. All right, we've got these Pro Display XDR 
uh, competitors, I guess I'll call them, that I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, should we start with the Samsung or the Dell? Let's do the Samsung because it's kind of... Remember a while ago they released the... Was it the M8, which was like the studio display competitor, yes. the smaller one? Yeah. So now they stepped up and they're doing like the 32-inch Pro Display. I don't, actually, I don't know if it's 32-inch, but the like 5K webcam included... Uh, it's called the Samsung Viewfinity S9. Great. And I'm I'm assuming a lot of these announcements are coming off just because it's around CES, and they're just like, here, here's some new stuff we came out with. So this is a, a new monitor. It's a 5K 27-inch monitor. It's got... Actually, that might be wrong. Is it, and I think you're looking at the 27-inch for the M8. I don't... There's not a lot of information on this because it's getting released at CES this week. I just see 5K um, with a 4K camera can be used through Thunderport and supports USB-C um, for data transfer and viewing and everything. So it's oh, yeah. it's 5K Thunderbolt webcam included. Like that's yeah. the main kind of things for it. Yeah. Also, I agree with you. Viewfinity S9, maybe not best name, but in uh, the scale of monitor names. That's true. Probably S tier just because fair. of how bad all of A16, them are. A16, 27, 89Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah. WFP. I will which, take Viewfinity S9 a hundred times. Over. Which we, I guess, we should probably just have an explainer video as to what those things mean. I generally, did that. generally, they do have a format for like this is the year, this is the screen size, this is yeah. whether or not it has anti glare. That's how I always remembered what model of Dell Ultra Short monitor I had because it had a very explicit system. It was like the WFP, which is wide format panel, and then like. 3700 and like that would be the screen size and then the resolution it would all just be coded yeah. in the model number yeah which like that should be the model number right not the name totally but <laughs> branding can be a thing you don't have yeah. to just use model numbers for everything <laughs> the samsung actually looks just as good as a pro display or yeah. a studio display it does I have think. a pop-up camera on the top which, which is, is a like different. if you're gonna add a camera this is about as good as you can do that That's yeah. guess cool. what the camera sitting on top of my pro display looks worse than this yeah this looks great so this looks, this looks good to me is that a 1080p camera it uh, says hmm. 4K slim fit camera. 4K. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, good. It also has a little like IR sensor on the bottom because Samsung seems to do with all of their monitor, their bigger monitors TV lately stuff. that they're all, it has all Samsung smart TV capabilities. Yeah. Cool. Kind of cool. Tons of stuff Apple's display does not do. Yeah. So that's the Samsung. That's classic Samsung. I, I do appreciate that. And that is something I think I will actually really like to see. Uh, should mm -hmm. we swap to the Dell then? We can. We should actually get this though, because we never got the M8, the smaller one, to right. actually try. Yeah. We should really try this one. I, I think this looks really Let's see cool. See if the monitor is good or the webcam is good, because the webcam, the Pro Display doesn't have a webcam, and the Studio Display has an okay webcam. Yeah, mm -hmm. like a, a very okay. After webcam. many software updates. Yeah, it took a lot yeah. <laughs> to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then Dell has one. Dell has a new 32-inch 6K Ultra Sharp monitor. It is uh, HDR 600 certified, so this isn't like Pro Display XDR type HDR. But as far as the rest of the things the panel will do, it has a webcam built in. It has dual 14 watt speakers. It has noise canceling mics. It will charge a laptop up to, up to 140 watts if you're plugged into it. Three USB C ports, two USB A ports, HDMI, Ethernet, mini Display Port, um, and two of the ports actually face forward. They'll pop out. Oh, they out. pop out. That's so kind of cool. That's like a solid amount of things that Apple's display doesn't do. But then you look at it, which like a monitor is something you have to look at. Let's be honest. Like you want, sure. your, if you want your desk and your setup to look nice, you have to look at your monitor. Yeah. And I think this is 
I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me. I think this is much uglier than I mean, the Apple one. This is Dell, uh, which means these are probably going to be used in... At, like, when I worked at Intel, we had all Dell monitors, right? Yeah. And if, if you... Like, if you're working in industry, like, you probably don't really care what the monitor looks like. This is clearly made for video conferencing because that, like, webcam at the top is, like, really, really prevalent and it probably has really good mics and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's probably made for, like, business use cases. I should also note that the Dell 4K webcam that came out either last year or the year before, that was, like, the best webcam on the market for a very long time and it's still considered one of the best webcams on the market. And the Opal C1 was kind of the webcam that was kind of fighting against it. Mm-hmm. That webcam's $200 on its own. So if you buy a monitor that has hopefully a similar styled webcam or a similar quality webcam, then like you can theoretically take $200 off of that theoretical yeah. price. But again, I, I think that this is mostly gonna be for industry. Yeah, right. This So the the big difference is who it's for. Like the right. pro display is a an imaging focused display. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting it because you're concerned about color. You're gonna be image image editing, video editing like we do. Uh, and that's the primary focus of getting this. You get a bunch of these, they all match. Everyone can see the same media looking the same way. Uh, this one's not for that. But if you do want a bunch of pixels and a bunch of surface area and a webcam built in and high wattage charging for a machine, like that's what this is for. Is, I don't think there's a price yet. I, I, I don't see the see 20, 23 launch, but I don't see a price. If I'm guessing, it's gonna cost less than Apple's. I gotta say, there's no way this is not used outside of business because the specs are like 140 watt charging for laptops. When when you work at a large corporation, everyone uses a laptop and just docks into a display. Mm-hmm. It's got a security lock slot. I yep. mean, you're not gonna use that at home. Kenzie, like, yeah. this is definitely gonna be for, for large corporations. That's <laughs> there's fair. There's no way anyone else is using this. That's fair. They're not slotting ProDisplay XDRs. No. <laughs> fair. No. Uh, okay. No, but I, I think I, I prefer the Samsung. I really like the Viewfinity S9 despite its terrible name. It's got and a big bezel on the bottom, but... I not mean, as big as the Dell's, I, Dell's top bezels. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I hear people say that's a big bezel, but I look at it, and it's black, and it kind of fades away for me. Like, it is bigger yeah, it's because it's big bigger than the other ones, but I, I don't mind it. Yeah, It's not bad. Yeah. I guess we should talk about pixels exploding. Yeah. <laughs> so you did might you have been see wondering it? what did I was Did you see thinking. this online at all? Or? I did not. Did this you, is, David? I didn't new. really. I think I saw an article headline. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's not too too much to it. I kind of just want to like throw it out there because it seems to be like a decent. I want to say a decent handful of people on Reddit and Twitter have sh- had this problem. Not enough to where I like. I think you, everyone should be worried about their pixel, but like I feel like it needs to get out there enough because it doesn't seem like Google doing anything about fixing this right now. But it, people are posting pictures of their Pixel Sevens and Seven Pros, I believe, of just these the like an exact circle cut out around the camera lens just imploding essentially and cracking and missing the glass um they're not exactly sure what's happening it seems pretty random some people are assuming it's weather change but like despite it being cold in the u.s i don't think there's any outside weather that should cause enough of a change to where a phone shatters from it yeah that seems kind of crazy yeah um also in that exact circular it is like perfectly around the camera i kind of just wanted to talk about it really quick because it seems it i i understand that it's hard for a company to say like oh here's a broken piece of a phone is this user error is this something we messed up but this flaw seems so obvious and so perfectly like the user error of shattering a perfect circle out of a screen like that should be obvious enough to where it's like this is our flaw we should know about it we should fix this yeah you're looking at even more pictures and it's 
mm-hmm. just circles around the lenses. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, my first inclination was like, is it a pressure change thing in the in the glass? Because that's like a there's a very small amount of glass that covers the mm-hmm. the sensors um, now that they have that metal camera bar. So it's either that the glass is more fragile because it's smaller or like less know. of it. I mean, temper temperature change can do stuff like that. We yeah. had that um, cabinet in the office years ago that oh, just shattered. That was a- I don't have we told that story on the pod? I think we have. Probably. We long story short, we had a tempered glass uh cover on top of a cabinet and it was sitting in the sun in the corner of the studio and we left to go do something in a different room and came back and it was completely shattered. Wow. And I was like, what happened? That's kind of weird. It was just sitting here and no, nothing happened and we walk back to the the security footage of the studio while we were gone. And it's just a, it's just video footage of the empty studio, and you just hear it shatter, and nothing happens. It was simultaneously in the sun and yeah. under an HVAC unit. Yeah, under so air conditioning. I think, so it's yeah. like if you go to the like uh, subreddit for like battle stations on Reddit, oh. you'll see people that are just like, "Well, I went to work and I came home, and their entire computer desk is just in pieces because they used one of those tempered glass desks right and their computer is just everywhere and the monitor is broken and yeah if your desk is just the tempered glass it'll just shatter right through this one it was just like a cover on top of wood so it was like the glass shattered but then it was just sitting on top of the wood oh it was really eerie anyway um yeah so this this... kind of reminds me of other gates that we see in phones Mm -hmm. where it first starts in very small numbers And you kind of have to, obviously everyone who's seen this problem will do their due diligence and find everyone else who had this problem. And the question will be, is this issue common enough that Google should do something about it? Now, anyone who has the issue would say, yes, of course Google should. But think about like when uh, when the Galaxy Fold screen broke and it was like, oh, there's two of us. Oh, there's three of us. Well, that's three out of the nine phones they gave out. That's a huge percentage. (laughs) They figured it out. It was a problem. But then it would be like, some random tiny manufacturing glitch with an iPhone or something. Someone has a problem with a phone and it turns out there's a few of them, but it's not really that common. It's not a reason to not buy the phone. It's probably Mm -hmm. not going to happen to you if you get yours. Mm -hmm. No problem, but Apple should still remedy it with like some sort of warranty help. Uh, I don't know where this is for the Pixel. I've never seen this issue. It hasn't happened to mine, obviously, but... Is one of those things you'll keep an eye on. We'll see how many people come together. Remember when Samsung's phone started exploding? When yeah. the Note, it was like, yeah. all right, I understand that only a few of them exploded, but it exploded. Yeah. So that's kind of like a little heavier yeah. on the uh, on the priority list. And then the airlines them banned them. And, yeah. It yeah. only takes like three of them exploding on a plane for them to be like, yeah, yeah no, this is this yeah. can't keep happening. The, so we'll this is not out. a threat to safety, but it does like people are posting their support tickets saying this is not included as part of the warranty where. I feel like that maybe should change. It's yeah. I don't think you should not buy a Pixel for this. I don't think you should be worried that much about this, but it does seem like it's pretty obviously not user error and a flaw in the device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they find a way to, well, first of all, find out what's happening and then find mm-hmm. a way to fix it. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go into ad break, as you know, it is 2023, which means it is time for the beginning of oh. our next season of trivia. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So as we kick off season three, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, we're going to actually keep track of season games played now. Yeah. 
Why did we call last season season two? I realized I because we remember. did it because Andrew and I decided to. No, we wrapped up a like a season at one point yeah, before we, that. Was I here? Change, yeah, we started changing things slightly when you came. So we were like, let's just call it the end of season. Oh right, yeah, we. Added I think the, the start music. of the whiteboards was and the, season oh, the two. Whiteboards. Oh, that's right. So whiteboards are season two. Yeah, and now we're just going by year. Sure. Just so you know the lore sure, of yeah. trivia again. All right. This is season three. I like we it. had to change it to match up with the year we're in, kind of like how. Did oh, twenty twenty three. Samsung did that. Yeah. yeah. Did so, that, so, so this is season twenty three. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. I also want to note that I'm very happy that I get to start at zero with the rest of you. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Start. Start. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. So to kick off season three, I've got a banger here for everyone. Bangers only. .net. <laughs> You're going to sell that by the end of the year? <laughs> I did bin it so he can dump it. I did see a large traffic spike over the weekend. I want to say that. Man. Nice. Yeah. I don't All have right. ads on it, though. Anyway, continue. Which of the following is not a flavor of G Fuel? <laughs> what? I'm going to read you four real flavors of G Fuel and one fake flavor of G Fuel, and you can tell me which one is which. <laughs> number one, spicy demonade. I hope that's not spicy good. demonade. Number two, clickbait. Clickbait flavor. Oh, I mean, I don't know anything. Number three, blaze potion. Number four, battle juice. And number five, the juice. Fun. Wow. The juice? I've never drank G Fuel in my life. I've tried it. It's terrible. No one should ever drink it. Max Weinbach would like to have a word with you. That's disgusting. There are a million <laughs> other energy drinks to destroy your body without there. Oh, uh, I don't know if this makes a difference. These are all tubs. I don't even know what that means. But someone on Reddit was like really clear, like, these flavors are only tubs. You won't find them in I think it's because they, they started making cans that they sell yeah, they in like Walmart cans. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it fizzy? <laughs> that's not the question I was expecting you to ask. Fizzy clickbait? If that's the real one? Who knows? <laughs> I, We're we'll, lost. We'll, we'll be right <laughs> back. <laughs> Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. coda.io forward slash wave. 
All right, welcome back. We need to talk about wireless charging mm. because I'm a little bit confused, actually, by this new headline, and we'll get into this. But the headline, and it's actually just a press release, is new Qi2 standard for wireless devices ensures enhanced consumer convenience and efficiency. Now, I've read this press release, uh -huh. and my understanding of it is Apple has worked with consor this consortium on a new wireless charging standard. We have Qi chargers now. We'll have Qi 2. And the benefit of this new Qi 2 is it integrates magnets like MagSafe. And so now any device that uses Qi 2 will have a MagSafe-like experience with wireless charging. And that sounds very straightforward, but the reason that confuses me is why would Apple want to just give people MagSafe? I thought that was kind of their thing. So let's jump into it. Yeah. Uh, I We can kind of go through some of the more interesting paragraphs in the press release, but um, I don't know. You want to break it down? I, we should probably just start with like what Qi2 is, Yeah. which to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is Qi again, but with magnets this time. Correct. That's, that's kind of it, right? To my understanding, that is what it is as well. So I like the magnet part because that helps you, basically the benefit of that is it's gonna help you align things on your charger quickly. So how often do you put your phone down on the wireless charger at night? You wake up, it slid by two millimeters and your phone woke up with 12% battery because mm -hmm. it didn't charge, right? So you slap it on the magnet um, perfectly on the magnets because of Qi2, you wake up with 100% because it's efficient, it charges as smoothly as possible, it didn't fall off the charger. It was all great. Yeah. Uh, some magnets sound great to me, yeah. uh, and I've never had my iPhone fall off a MagSafe charger, so good looks. Yeah. That sounds so like nitpicky, but I feel like there's not a lot of people who went to MagSafe and has, have gone off MagSafe already. I got the M-Force case for my Pixel 6 and started using MagSafe accessories and loved it. I don't have the case for my Pixel 7 yet, and that happens to me all the time, Oops. and I am dying to not have like... M-Force... M-Force's Moments MagSafe like case. So right. I can have MagSafe on my Pixel. So if you have an iPhone, you can slap it on any MagSafe charger and it will align and snap in place. Mm -hmm. If you have any other phone that doesn't have that array of magnets in the phone, it won't stick. But what you can do is get a case that yeah. has that ring of magnets to align that charger so that it will still wireless charge your phone and snap in place. There are very few of them. Moments, one of them. Yeah. And yeah. they don't make it for that many models, but... Like, I just wanted to say that it sounds minuscule, but going from something with the capabilities of it to then not having it, I've, it you appreciate I, it. I'm really sad I don't have it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So the magnets help a lot. It's underrated. For sure. I like So it. the question is what does Apple get out of helping to make it available for everyone? Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of people that are speculating on what is happening here because in the official press release, it says that Apple is contributing the foundations of its MagSafe technology, um, which to I that seems super vague. Uh, Contributing patented licensed technology? So the thing about MagSafe is that it's not just the magnet ring. It also has a microprocessor that says, it does a handshake with your device and says, this is a legit MagSafe accessory. Mm -hmm. And that can enable other things like the MagSafe wallet uh, if you have it on the back of your phone, the new one, yeah, the old one didn't have this. The new one, if you like 
if you take the wallet off, your phone will add a little tag, like this is exactly where the wallet was last seen. So mm -hmm. if you lose it, like it doesn't have an AirTag capability, but you know the location of where you last saw your wallet, right? Yeah, so MagSafe is a little bit better than just magnets and sheet tape. Right, and MagSafe specifically will charge your like iPhone at 15 watts because it knows it's perfectly aligned, it's the most efficient. Whereas if you wirelessly charge your iPhone, usually it only charges at like 7.5 watts. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of a lot of that beyond you know Apple wanting to sell more MagSafe accessories is that just like the wireless power consortium said in this press release, if you have the device perfectly aligned with the magnetic charging coil, mm -hmm. it's going to be much more efficient and charge faster. The fastest available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so my, there's like a lot of people speculating right now as to like why Apple would possibly contribute to this. One thing I was thinking about is I went and did a briefing and had dinner with the Connectivity Standards Alliance. And an interesting thing to me about that alliance is that these are not people that like this organization is sort of like a bunch of people from a bunch of different companies. And it is to a company like Apple or Google's benefit to have people on the CSA board. Because if you get to help contribute to a standard, you have influence over how you want that standard to work. Right. So my assumption is that Apple saw that they made MagSafe and they were like, oh yeah, we got MagSafe, we're gonna make a ton of money at MagSafe and maybe this will be the foundation of all iPhone charging in the future, possibly, but. No port. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But if they're able to sort of like take Qi, which is this standard that everyone's been using for like a decade now, yeah. And they're able to like build the next version of Qi under their kind of like foundational technology that they already produce. Mm. It's easier for them to manipulate the spec in the future. Yeah. And then also like, you know, all of their devices already kind of work with this. One really interesting note though, uh, that this article from The Verge that talks about Qi 2 was stating is that the magnetic power profile, which is the branding for MagSafe, the open source MagSafe or the open standard MagSafe, uh, does not have the exact same magnetic um, array as MagSafe. Huh. And they asked the guy that wrote the Business Wire article, which was the press release about this, like what's going to happen to the iPhone 12, 13, and 14? Like, will it not work with Qi chargers? And he said, Apple has not disclosed that information. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of confusing to me. And I wonder if like, <clears throat> I wonder if Apple basically just contributed like the, I, I wonder if they had some sort of patent around a magnetic array my... with a microprocessor. Yeah. And then they were j basically just like, okay, standards body, you can add a microprocessor to your magnetic array, but MagSafe is still gonna be different. And he says, like, it, he assumes that the iPhone and Samsung phones and, like, all these Android phones will work with Qi2 in the future. But there's no, like, it's really vague. Everything about this press release is very vague, which is fair because it's it's <laughs> actually not even coming out till the holiday season. I think that they just wanted to release something at CES. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but my assumption would be that Apple, like, wants to get ahead of... They, they want to sort of control the standard a little bit because it, it is to their benefit to be one of the bodies that actually contributes most of the technology. Yeah. Both from a PR perspective and from a how can we like create devices to tailored to us in the future perspective. That would be my assumption. Um, yeah, I, I 
my if I'm just like putting together pieces of what I think I know about sheet charging and what I seem to have observed over the time we've used iPhones about Apple is like we kind of see this trajectory towards them moving towards wireless charging for the default for the standard, maybe getting rid of the port, right? So they make a lot of money on iPhone's lightning accessories. That doesn't exactly exist right now with MagSafe. I guess you can say they're still made for iPhone through making MagSafe accessories. Mm -hmm. But if you're still able to, like if Moment keeps doing what they're doing with a magnet, Apple doesn't make money from that necessarily because mm -hmm. it's not made for iPhone. So if they can contribute to this Qi 2 standard, which has some of the parts of MagSafe, which is the magnet, which is great. It's an improvement. But then they can say on top of that, they do this extra thing where if you want to make it made for iPhone, we have the chip inside and we have the things that like talk to the iPhone. Uh, then they can say that anyone who wants to make a made for iPhone accessory, MagSafe will make money from that. And then people who want to get special highlighting in our store or who want to sell a lot of things should probably include that if they want to make an iPhone accessory. Uh, and then Android will just have magnets and we'll say we contributed to that, which yeah. is cool. And they'll say they also probably contributed to less waste, yeah. energy efficiency, mm -hmm. et cetera. It's a good look for Apple. That is something the they noted. They were like, in the Business Wire article, they were like, this will reduce waste from cables. And it's like, well, we're also going to have more wireless cables sitting around, and like, like the the MagSafe like brick that you have to plug, like the, the puck that you have to plug yeah. into a port anyway. Yeah, wired. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just that they're saying, which is, and you told me this before we were talking about this earlier. My first thought on this is like, oh, they're allowing all of this to happen. Is this their kind of step towards the like they're getting trouble in the EU right now because they don't have a common charging port mm -hmm. it might be too late already because i think you mentioned that the that eu law says it needs to be USB-C. maybe this is something in the future getting ahead of that so they don't wind up creating magsafe and then the rest of it goes portless and then they have to create something else um i don't really know there i also think on top of what both of you said was like they're getting ahead of the game is ultimately these are just magnets in the back of a phone I don't think they can really protect that for so long. We've we're seeing cases do it already. Uh, I don't I know. That's a, so I'd say that's there's a difference between in the case and in the phone. And I think the the thing that is that makes MagSafe so good is there's a magnetic array alongside the coils in the back of the phone, and there's a magnetic array that matches with opposite polarization in the charger. So mm -hmm. they just they just connect really easily. And if you have those magnets in just the phone and not the charger, it works okay. But if you have the magnets not in the phone, like if you try to put a pixel on a magnet, yeah. it doesn't stick. It just like works like a normal wireless charger, but it might slide just like yeah. any other wireless I, charger. I don't know copyright law. I just can't imagine getting magnets in a phone. Could be that hard to get around what the uh, pattern of surprised. it is. I, think I would probably be surprised. I still don't think it would be that wild. Yeah, I guess it's magnets. You could do so these the way I we put the magnet paper up to the back of the phone. You can mm -hmm. see like the charging coils and then you see what Apple did, which is like there's a circle of magnets and there's also a vertical line mm -hmm. so that you can orient it in that direction. Yeah. So it yeah. lines up on the coils and then snaps in that vertical orientation. Their patent is probably on aligning orientation. So it's not just specific about the shape. I yeah. bet we could find this patent, but it's basically just about like 
Oh yeah, we use magnets to make sure it aligns with the back of the phone, and that's it. We do that. No one else does that, and that's frustrating because no one else patent or? on Apple's thing. So that Apple is in charge of doing that in phones. I think they have the microprocessor as part of the patent too, because if you look at um, here's and we can show this on the podcast, but this is basically the manufacturer sample part that you have to use if you use MagSafe, and it's the ring, but then it's also got like the microprocessor in here. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is also part of the patent. I don't think that a microprocessor is is specifically part of the Qi 2 standard though. Right, just the magnets. It's just the magnets. I think that processor is going to be the differential, the, to differentiate MagSafe. the MagSafe, the Apple MagSafe and the wireless standard, right. the Qi 2 standard. It is also confusing that the MagSafe and the, and the Qi 2 standards have slightly different magnetic arrays, though. I just like, yeah, I'm, I don't know. This is all so vague. I'm also confused about like, I, I feel like they use the term array because array doesn't necessarily mean just size. It could be how all the magnets are placed and the strength of all the magnets right. and everything. So like maybe if Apple has some sort of patent on a specific array, which to them is the perfect amount of resistance, but also sticking capability where yeah. a different array might connect a little harder, which then is more annoying to take off the yeah. puck off and stuff or not enough. So then it's more annoying to attach to a car mount or something like that. Array feels so vague. And like you said, this is getting announced end of the year. I think they're, it's just the easiest way to pretty much say nothing yeah i also want to say i emailed the wireless power consortium because this article came out uh or the yeah the business wire press, press release press. came out yesterday morning or yesterday afternoon yeah and this is all so confusing and vague i emailed them to sort of un try to understand like what is apple contributing exactly and how does this change for other devices that are not phones and they said that uh the specification focuses on the charging characteristics the size of the magnet is a design issue, and design issues are left to members to determine as they see fit. Which makes me think, like, could you have Qi 2 earbuds that use a tiny circular magnet? But then, if that was the case, you would need a different Qi 2 charger. Mm. Um, so I think all that Qi 2 is really adding is saying it does wireless charging, and it has a magnet inside. For and if you can use... Like you as a manufacturer, if you're a Qi 2 member, can use whatever size magnet you want for your product. Because obviously, if it's wireless earbuds, those are going to be way smaller, like the AirPods uh, that now have wireless, yeah. uh, the wireless um, magnet. Use the Apple Watch charger, Apple Watch magnet charger. Yeah. Because obviously, the whole Smart. size MagSafe charger doesn't fit on it. So I think all the spec of Qi 2 is saying is that it has a magnet in it. For That's better nice. for better alignment and then, you know, less power loss. Yeah, better efficiency. Heat loss. So, yeah, quite confusing. Um, it's, I'm putting, I'm doing air quotes for audio listeners. It solves, I think, the biggest problem with Qi wireless charging, which is that it's not easy to align everything on the first try and make sure everything's charging perfectly efficiently. Mm -hmm. Put magnets in it. Yeah. Great. And I will say, like, it would be really dope to see um, Android phones. I want it so bad. So bad. Yeah. I want my next Pixel phone <laughs> to have this already in it. G2, all the things. Yeah. Do it. Also, Apple's for sure magnets. looking forward at a world of no wired chargers. And they're like, how do we own this? Yeah. <laughs> There's get? definitely some something in the backgrounds that they're doing. This is not for pure 
Tim Cook yeah. doesn't Altruism. just contribute no. for no. fun. No, there's there's obvious no, and, motive. And like Nobody what does. what they told like I, I've heard this so many times from people that are on these like alliance committees. It's like the companies that come contribute to the alliances do it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they do it because they want influence. You're not a trillion dollar company. Yeah, without knowing every single thing that you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so. if I get magnets in my phone. I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah. I'll shake Tim's hand. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> I found the patent for original MagSafe. It's different. Oh. Like in, in laptops, MagSafe. Laptops. Oh. Oh, that. Uh, yeah. Also, interestingly, this Verge article says that it caps out at 15 watts, but I don't think that's true because the Ch- I'm on the Qi Wikipedia page right now, and Qi 1.2.3, which was released in 2017, added class zero which allows for 30 watt max from the charger um so could chi2 potentially be changing standards i doubt chi2 would move back to 15 watts because that seems lame and also it's been five six years yeah mm-hmm. bigger batteries charge faster please yeah um but the guy from the Standards Alliance did say that they will significantly they will add significantly higher power profiles in the next version of Qi two. The next version of Qi two. Yeah, I know they didn't. Qi I know. <laughs> Qi two point one. Why why Qi two when we can do Qi five? Qi two Mark two. Yeah. Sony <laughs> Mark. Two. It's just funny because they had Qi one and then they had Qi one dot one one dot two one dot two dot three one dot two dot four and then one dot three. But then they went. They did an entire leap to change to Qi two, and all they are adding is magnets. It makes sense if you don't think about it. True. Correct. One dot three. I'm trying to look at what what was one dot three. One dot three added. It was released last uh, 2021, which is not last year anymore. Uh, completely restructured specification documents with 15 thematic books describing different aspects of the system. What? They added fun books for kids. Nice. Support for authentication of Qi certified wireless chargers. Oh, they added a microprocessor. Mm. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Apple's all over this. You know what they're oh. doing now, baby. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, okay. Improved foreign object detection, which was basically like if you have a type of metal that could potentially heat up due to wireless radiation. Restrictions on the negotiable power levels. Um, oh. Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, because 1.2.3 added class zero, which allows consumers to negotiate or allowed the consumer to negotiate up to 30 watts from the charger. And then 1.3 restricted the, no- the negotiable power levels, but just doesn't say to how much. So 2.1 will be 30 watt Qi 2. That's a lot of mark my words. That's a lot of data. And then 2.2 <laughs> will restrict that 30 yeah. watts. Qi <laughs> yeah. exactly. 2 electric boogaloo. <laughs> There yeah. we go. I think that's Adam a, wants to do trivia. Yeah, that's a great place to <laughs> wow. end that. Yeah. Uh, well, you. this is a, yet another thing to keep an eye on. It's like one of those, okay, we'll find out in 12 months yeah. what that actually means, but she too. I was going to say, if you guys zoned out for that, I don't blame you, but also <laughs> in 12 months, this will be interesting. <laughs> this will be. All the headlines now are like, Apple gives us MagSafe? Question mark? Yeah. And it's like, we don't know the answer, and Apple gets a lot of that nice pat on Press. the back for yeah. 11 and a half yeah. months till we figure out what the real answer is. Until everyone forgets. And I yeah. get a magnet. <laughs> That's yeah. all we want. We want the magnets. We, we want, want the, the magnets. magnets. All right, let's do trivia. All right. First of all, I want that on a t-shirt. We, we want, want the, the magnets. magnets. I just want to say David and I just said that like <laughs> at, at the, same, the exact, exact same, same time. time. I need to make that a sound bite. <laughs> anyway, Apple AirTags were released April 30th, 2021. 
Now, I didn't know if you guys knew this because I didn't, but there's a limit as to how many AirTags you can attach to your Apple ID. What is that number? Uh, I think I know this for some reason. It was recently increased, right? Oh, I was unaware. Oh. Okay. I think I Justine us. figured this out. Um, Wait, she hit the limit. So she hit the limit. is your answer yeah. the old limit or the new limit? I will find out we'll find after out. the break. <laughs> Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization. I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back. Um, it's the beginning of the new year, which means CES, which usually means we're going, but we're not. This is the first 
kind of the first CES you've missed in a long time. Right? I was just thinking about how many I've gone to, and then the streak breaking, the streak breaking in 2020, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, but yeah, I've gone since like 2012, and this I'm. I'm fully not going to see yes this year. Yeah, and what yeah. makes this harder about on Waveform is the show starts Thursday, which we release on Fridays, so that's also very hard. So we pulled a couple strings, and we actually brought a little CES to us. Yeah. Shen from HTC Vive uh, stopped by on your way to CES to show us a little something. Welcome. Um, yeah. I'm really happy to finally be on this show. Yeah. I think we've I been am. talking about this for a while. We, we have. have. We've we've seen sneak peeks. You've like flashed it in the studio a few times. This is something we've spent a lot of time on. Uh, now you're going to show it off at CES in its entirety. What is it? What's it called? What should we know about it? What are you going to tell people at CES? So um, I'll give a little bit of a background to it. So we've been working on VR headsets for eight, nine years now. Vive um, is very popular. Yeah. yeah, and you know the mobile space is also growing a lot. So we've we released two really big mobile VR devices last year. Mm-hmm. So one was Vive Focus Three, which is our enterprise headset. We kind of built our best of the best technology in there. So that's things like software tracking, um, optics displays, all of those things. And we also um, came out with another device called Vive Flow. And it was like the first immersive glasses. Um, and that's the kind of the form factor that we wanted to reach when it came to consumers. So for the past two years, we've kind of been working on this alternative, which we thought was ready for consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of has the best of both worlds. So it has um, the tech that we built for the past few years mm-hmm. and also all the learnings we have from building like these really elegant, smaller headsets. Um, so I have like a pre-production one with me. Um, this is where it would really help if you're listening to the audio version. If you just flip over to the video version on YouTube, for you, a minute, can, see, you yeah. can see what we're looking at and talking about. But okay, this is it. Yeah. So this is Vive XR Elite. Okay. So this is what we're announcing at CES. Uh, so I guess by the time people hear this, it's already announced. Probably, yeah. Um, and this is kind of the amalgamation of a lot of work that we've done for a very long time. So. Um, you know, we've have so much research into things like ergonomics, um, and there's there's so much tech in here. Like I, I can kind of go through it one by one. So, one you'll see like it's really small. Yeah. Um, it's also really light. Um, so it's at around 625 grams. So it's lighter than a lot of headsets that are out there already. Mm-hmm. Um, can you real quick hold up the carrying <clears throat> case for it? Because when you first showed this to us coming in today. That's the carrying case for the Flow, correct? Or very similar? Yeah, this is the carrying case for the Flow. And it's kind of like a... It's what I'm using to carry this with me. Oh, okay. Um, So one really cool thing is we kind of built on top of the Flow in that this can also become a glasses form factor. Okay. So the back is kind of um, a battery. Yeah. Um, And you can fit these temple pads um, on and then they turn to this glasses form factor. Interesting. So now um, there's no battery you have to plug in. Yeah. So this is really cool in a form factor if, for example, if you're on a plane or if you're sitting on your couch, you want a more passive experience. You don't have something on the back of your head, like, uh-huh. you know, causing discomfort or pushing your head forward. Or uh, disabling you to like lay back onto a pillow or something. Because if you want to lay onto a pillow, you'd rather, it's kind of something I feel like with headphones a lot of the times too, if you like lean on your side on the plane. 
it's annoying because it's there. So yeah. rather than giant battery on your back, now you have nothing on the back of your head. Yeah, exactly. So um, so we built this. This is very similar to Flow in that it can also fold up. Um, and it ends up being this size that's incredibly portable. So I've been using the Flow case. And we'll have a case for this as well. Okay. It'll be a little bit bigger. Um, so it fits better. But it actually, it still fits. And this is what I use to carry around with me all the time. Okay. Um, and coming from, you know, we've, we've had a lot of headsets and headsets generally take up the entire space of your backpack. Whereas this one, like is basically the size of a water bottle. Yeah. Like a good hydro flask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, solid hydro flask. Yeah. That, so that's one of the things that I remember when we first got to look at the Oculus Quest Pro, the Meta Quest Pro, I should call it, which was, it had no ability to fold at all so it was large and it had the battery on the back like this one and it was you know comfortable to wear and the weight distribution was better but then if i wanted to bring it anywhere that would be a huge pain it would take up my entire backpack that's what i like to see that actually it's, it's a little more flexible than actually mm -hmm. having to to take that huge thing everywhere yeah there's a lot of um so what's really really interesting about this is that in these two different form factors it the wearing and like how um pressure is spread across your face is very different. Um, when you're wearing it, it is kind of, this bit's kind of just resting on your head. So it's not putting too much pressure on you. Um, it's also pulling the headset a little bit in. So it's actually, um, there's not much pressure here. When you put on the cradle, it's kind of just kind of clamping, clamping to your head. Then um, that's why like we really had to work on weight. So this headset, uh, especially if I take off the gasket, um, it's like, it's really thin. And um, it's around, this is around 240 grams. Um, to put that in perspective, um, so the glasses form is around the weight of an iPhone Pro Max. Yeah, 240 Okay, I was gonna say like, what's the freedom units of that? We, uh... <laughs> Same as an iPhone. Okay. Basically. Yeah, and with the battery, it's lighter than um, the latest iPad Pro. Okay. So it's standalone headset, so all the compute is in the front, yep. around the, the ears, and also I'm assuming there's some in the bands on the sides. Maybe there's some speaker type action in the sides. Yeah, let me put the battery cradle back on. Sure. And this kind of, this is the full standalone configuration. Yeah. So when it's in a standalone configuration, um, the battery's at the back. There's also some cool battery tech in here. So we use a um, uh, battery chemistry called lithium polymer gel. So what you traditionally find in phones is lithium polymer liquid. Um, it has its differences. So when it's a gel, um, it ends up being a lot safer. It's more leak resistant. It's swelling resistant. And considering like we have a battery on your head, we want this to be as safe as possible. Um, and then at the front is where you'll find our new displays. They're 2K, 2K, so 4K across both eyes, 90 Hertz. Um, we have um, a Snapdragon XR2 inside powering all of it. and one of the hardest things about achieving a form factor like this is thermals. Snapdragon XR2 is actually quite a hot chip. Um, so um, we're, you know, we have a heritage with smartphones. So mm -hmm. we're really good at cooling things and getting like as much juice out of them as possible. So that's all like using the Snapdragon XR2, 12 gigs of RAM. It has four tracking cameras. Um, so it has a really wide field of view to track hands, controllers, the headset itself. And um, at the front is where it has some newer things we've never put in a headset before. So one is a depth sensor. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it basically sprays out infrared dots, um, and then the tracking cameras can see them. And it allows you to you know, build like a mesh of your room so you can get really cool mixed reality experiences. And for mixed reality, we have a 16 megapixel high resolution pass-through camera. Mm. Um, we actually do some pixel binning to improve the image quality. Um, but this is what I've seen is um, the best color quality and image quality of um, headsets that are out right now. Um, so yeah, we're really we're really excited about this because not only is it an amalgamation of all the tech that we have in existing headsets, but we also built in a lot of the R new R and D that uh, we've been working on. I think one of the things that I always think when I go to CES and I look at all these interesting, cool new technologies is how do you plan on it being used, or you know, what's the typical customer of something like this? I don't know if you're going to have a price that you're announcing it with. Um, but obviously with VR headsets, I typically think about gaming first and then all the other things that it happens to be able to do alongside gaming. What do you picture the, the ideal experience with this new form factor being? Um, so this headset is priced at $1099. Okay. Um, one of the reasons is um, VR in general isn't cheap to make. And we're a company we have to make money on our products, right? Um, and we're also not a social media company. So we don't, and we have no plans on having a business model of, you know, selling okay. personal data yeah. either. So, you know, we're in a position where we kind of have to make money and um, with all the tech that we built, you know, we want to build something that's high quality. Um, you know, there's a lot of race to the bottom going on in the VR space. And what we want to give is something that people can upgrade to. Something that has, you know, not the no the features that aren't cost compromised. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, people will buy this for gaming. So we've been working with developers now to bring things like gaming on board, like existing games, new games. Um, with some of the new features like mixed reality, we're also not only built, bringing in new content that has mixed reality, which like you can interact with your space or you can like learn to play a musical instrument because you have um, things overlaid onto your real world. Um, but we also have mixed reality coming to existing games and existing content as well. And because of how um, lightweight it is, I carry this with me all the time now because it's my travel buddy for fitness uh as well. Mm -hmm. um, so like there's standalone content that you can play. There's also um, PC VR that you can play with this as well. And we have really good streaming technology that it can work wirelessly. And this is one of the few headsets that also supports Wi-Fi 6E. So like very minimal interference as well. Um, so I think one of the things that we've been trying to do is also go beyond gaming, right? G gaming is table stakes, um, but we want to go beyond gaming and bring things like fitness and also things like productivity. Um, mm. We think more and more people are going to start potentially working in VR. One of the things we designed this form factor for was that um, we want it to be super light and super comfortable that you can, you, if you wanted to, you could wear this for hours and work in it. Um, I don't well, expect people to yeah. immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't it's, know, Ellis kind of wants to do that with the podcast. He's been talking <laughs> about editing a whole episode in glasses, so we'll see. <laughs> Put it to the test. What is the battery life <laughs> on, on this if you actually try to wear it for a few hours? So on a full charge and really active use, it will last up to two hours. Um, okay. But you can also just keep it plugged in if you want as well. And one of the really cool things is, I think for LS's use case, um, you don't need the battery pack. You can wear it in glasses mode. And it's sure. super light on your head as mm -hmm. well. 
Um, and if you want to, you know, if you want to look at your real world environment, you can have it in pass through or double click. Um, or if you just want to take it off, you can just take it off like a pair of glasses. Yeah. I, I will say I've been using um, completely unsponsored. I've been using the N, Nreal glasses. Yeah. That's what they're called, right? Uh, playing. And those are just you plug it into your computer and it's like a monitor. Those with for playing piano are the best. Like being able to have sheet music up in front of you and you can just like rock your head in whatever direction and it's still like right there. Hmm. Amazing. Hmm. There's a, a really ring. good piece of content called Magic Keys that we've been working with. Um, and they have pass-through overlaid onto your piano. And you have like, have you seen those like piano YouTube videos where there are like, oh, yeah. things coming down to the keys? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same. So it comes towards the keys and you have to press it on time. That's oh so it's God. guitar heroifying your actual piano. Or like yeah. a heads up display for your piano. Sick. Of real yeah. time going. When you mentioned instruments before, I was like, oh. Because I keep thinking what in terms of mixed reality is something that's not work related. Like we saw with the the Oculus, it was the triple computer screens, right? But there's so much more. And mentioning instruments and working out are things that do make sense where it's like you want the your room environment in. But like an instrument, a piano, it literally could essentially tell you how to press all the keys in the right order and right pace, right? Yeah. That's Sounds kind of awesome. Yeah, and that one not only does um, computer vision, but it also does um, MIDI detection and also sound and pitch detection. So you can use it on a real keyboard or a real piano, or you can connect like a MIDI keyboard. That's so oh. sick. That's really That's well thought awesome. out. Uh, I've heard a lot about pass-through, and I obviously want to try it because I've heard other headsets also say they have the best pass-through. Uh, this is using a single camera at the front for pass-through, right? Yeah, it's okay. using a single camera. And then the depth sensor adds depth, gives us depth information. Um, and then, yeah, the tracking cameras also can give depth information there as well. Uh, one of the biggest challenges with pass-through is there's so much data. What you find with tracking cameras is they're generally low resolution, like VGA level, yeah. um, and black and white, yeah. right? So it's minimal amounts of data, enough to get tracking data, and it also means it's low latency and very responsive. Um, so one of the key things we've been working on was trying how do we get high resolution color data through and at a low latency. And that's something we kind of finally accomplished with this. So is it over, it's combining that information from all of the sensors and the depth sensor, but also showing you the pass through of the single camera on the front? Yeah, okay. um, we do some modifications so that there's some warping to the depth looks yeah. right. That's that's the downside of um, having a single camera, which right. is you, if you don't have put the depth data in, it just feels like a wall. Everything that's really far looks really big. Everything that's uh, really close, sorry, really far looks really small, really close looks really big. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of wizardry there as well. Yeah. And it's tough. The parallax effect sometimes. There's a couple others we've tried mm -hmm. where the the, the parallax effect is is very different from stereo. Where like the the Quest Pro does stereo, and so it feels a little more natural, but it's a little lower resolution and worse looking. So there's different pros and cons you have to weigh. So I'm curious to try this one. Yeah, I think one you kind of have to remember that this is like everyone is kind of limited by a mobile chipset, right? So everyone has their own ways of approaching it, mm -hmm. um, and their own sense of trade offs. Right. right. So for us, we felt visual quality was really important. Um, so not only is it things like color, it's resolution. It's also dynamic range. One of the really cool things about this is when I'm wearing it uh, and I get a text 
or I see a message on my laptop, I don't have to take the headset off anymore. I can see text on my phone or my laptop screen. And that just just that alone means that our uh, resolution is good enough and also the dynamic range is good enough. Yeah, being sharp enough to read. That was one of the things. So I had the the triple monitor setup, which is like, okay, this is a really cool idea. If I can put this headset on anywhere, you know, in a car, on a train, or on a plane, and I get this monitor setup in front of me, and it's cool, and I can like plug it in, use my mouse and keyboard. But one of the problems, as I went into when you use the headset, is when you actually try to use it, it's not the best quality. It's a little bit glitchy, and things don't actually work super well. Uh, so it. It, it's always fun to see like how far you can push this chipset. Is this the same chipset that's in the Quest Pro? It's the XR2? It's a little different. Or so modified or similar chipset. They're the different um, versions. So okay. this one is XR2 and that one's the XR2 Plus. Right, okay. There, there is a slight difference, um, but there's no... The only difference is that um, on XR2, uh, it's built like a smartphone. Um, so you want a really small footprint. So you stack memory on top of the chip. Mm-hmm. Um, the upside is it's small. The downside is if um, it's not cooled well enough, you can't. It will throttle, so you kind of have to downclock everything if you can't cool it properly. Um, so XR2 Plus is literally the same chip, um, but memory is separated, so it has a bigger footprint, um, so you can cool it better. But we've never had thermal issues, mm. so we opted for the previous one, um, the, well, the existing one, um, which ends up being just as performant. Um, but also allows us to achieve this really small design. Nice. Yeah, I want to try it. I definitely want to try it. What is it? What is it? So I guess that you have the controllers also here. Like the the tracking level of what you're able to do with like just putting your hands out in front of the Quest Pro, which is I keep comparing it to this because that's the one I tried most recently, is pretty cool because you don't have to have the controllers in your hands all the time. Uh, what's What are these controllers like? So these controllers are ones that we've, uh, had with Focus 3. Okay. Uh, the reason why we're shipping it with these is because they're really robust, they're well-tested, um, and the tracking quality on these are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about controllers and hand tracking is, um, yeah, our headset supports both of them, and they're both really important, right? There's a reason why um, when you're using a laptop, um, you like, or just people using tablets, they still use styluses or a mouse. Because with certain tools, you get more precision out of yeah. it. You get tactility. Um, and especially with these, you get um, haptic feedback as well. Right. So there's, um, they're kind of different requirements. That I think for more passive experiences, hand tracking is great. Right. You don't have to carry controls with you and it's just much more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're doing things like, I don't know, if you're drawing, if you want a lot of precision, if you want um, yeah. feedback, that's where controllers become really important as well. Yeah, you, I remember we were talking about this previously. You so the way hand tracking works to select something is you essentially aim at it and then pinch your fingers together, right? I think you told me something. I was wondering why that was the the way you do that, and I think you told me it's because you're getting physical tactility when you click your fingers together. I thought that was kind of yeah, because it if feels like a weird motion. Yeah, if you press buttons in midair, you get no feedback. That you always need... bothered me about movies where you just have like a huge virtual screen in front of somebody and they start poking things and typing. I'm like, it looks really cool, but if you think about that for a second, like trying to type on a keyboard where your hands are all at different, your fingers press at different levels. Anyway, I always thought that was never going to happen. So I think you do need some sort of a tactile 
thing for that to be real. Yeah, there's some cool tech with things like ultrasound and stuff like that to give you like midair mm-hmm. um, feedback. Never tried that. There are a bunch of people working on it. Um, okay. But yeah, that's also really cool to give you that feedback. But yeah, um, having a little fleshy button to push yeah. gives you the right feedback. Um, people have been able to mimic it with midair ones with touch, sorry, with, with sound um, okay. and some visual feedback, but it's just not as good as this. Reminds me of driving a car and like trying to adjust the air conditioning on a screen. It's like, I just, I want to be able to just grab it and point it at me instead of having to do this whole dance with the touch screen. Yeah. It's just the simple things. Yeah. All right. Can we try it on camera? Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I haven't got room set up on here. Oh, that might be tough. I mean, should we we try in this small space right here? I'll try it. I'm willing to try it. We should put the blinders on. One eternity later. I like the fact of just like sunglasses mode, plug in while working on like a computer or something if you want to do something like that versus big battery crushing your head all the time. It it does. (coughs) I'll try it, but it does look and appear to be meaningfully smaller and lighter. It looks way smaller. I mean, it's got a very like steampunk glasses. We're just going to talk over Shen setting this up for us to try out. (laughs) Um, But like... The form factor itself does look far more. I mean, it's very Ready Player One. I feel like. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's it seems like less. The Quest Pro felt like a like disc around your head, like rigid around the yeah. entire thing. Which was looks- it's like it's better than like the Quest Two. Obviously, was great, but the fact that all of the weight and all of the compute and all of the battery is on the front mm-hmm. of your head. It just has this like weighted feel to it. So if you whip your head around, it's just like you're there's just all this weight on the front yeah. of your face. So the the fact that it's more balanced makes perfect sense when you have that much hardware on your head. So that I'm not shocked. That like makes good sense to me. Now I just want to see like as we race to make the technologies better and to make all these things smaller and lighter and maybe have longer battery lives and all that. Like how, which direction do we go? Do we get these small batteries or small glasses with a big battery? Do we get yeah you know, what, which direction makes the most sense. And just like battery in the back is obviously uh, a weight distribution thing. And when you're doing things, like you said, whipping your head around, it's going to hold it back there better and feel better in a sense like that. But sitting back in a chair, laying down on a pillow on a plane ride or something like that, that is obviously in the way being able to just plug into USB-C through a power option which if you're sitting down is probably not an issue. Yeah. Then having the ability to do that without crushing your skull. I haven't done this yet, but at one point I will, I can't wait to sit down on a plane and put a VR headset on and watch a movie in the VR headset. It's, I I think it's going to be the best plane movie ever. It will be because you have a 300 inch screen. Yeah. So if you took every screen in first class and put it together, it would, <laughs> it would combine yeah. to maybe be close. And then you get your headphones on and you, you also have the blinders on. So you don't have like someone yeah. two rows in front of you opening the window, blasting light all over your screen. It's I think I, that's going to be I think great. I mentioned this when we were talking about the Vive Flow is like or you're watching a movie on the plane that you don't realize has a scene that feels inappropriate for the passengers around you. Oh, and yeah. then like, I think I watched Wolf of Wall Street and then within like 20 minutes, I was like, no, too many people up, can see me like, watching the screen, you, You're watching the movie on your screen, but then the person next to you is watching a different movie and then you like get distracted by their and movie. And you're watching theirs instead. And then the person in front of you is watching. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. All right, I, so I told myself that I would watch a movie in with VR glasses on the train last time I took it to Philly. 
and uh, I never got over the embarrassment. I like made it like <laughs> maybe thirty seconds into the movie. I think it was like uh, it's got to be a plane where you'll never see those people again. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like, it'll become more popular and less ridiculous eventually. You just We're don't also see yourself like on on Twitter. Yeah. Later. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> who's this guy? Also, I notice way too often when I'm in the VR space, my mouth is open for some reason. <laughs> I'm just like That's totally awesome. wallied out. So. I feel like we're. I don't know. If I can't see people making fun of me, they're not making fun they of me. They don't exist. Unless you're right. Unless, until, until you're on, you Twitter on Twitter later. later. Or you can turn on pastor and see if people are <laughs> yeah. taking photos. Oh, or sure. I can turn on pastor and then see all the people making fun of me. Um, I think. I think it's going to become more normal. Especially yeah. in first class. Remember, quiet comforts used to be the like, I know that guy travels. I think headsets like these or even just more like AR or like the Nreal where you look at it, have your own screen is going to be the new quiet comforts of like that guy travels that guy's in first class like. if we if we turn back time to maybe 12 years ago right phones any phone over like five inches was too big mm-hmm. so people were like mocking like having a tablet on your head yeah but like <laughs> now look at it now they're seven inches something. yeah yeah good point all right all right go. you can give this a go and it's yeah. on open brush so it's a painting experience but i have um pass through turned on so okay. you can see your surroundings, you can kind of paint on the desk itself. All right. All right, so I'm putting it on now. And so I'm gonna try to tighten the back. How should I? Yeah, there's a little dial. Oh, okay. There's a little, there's a little dial on the back. <laughs> yeah. And pass-through is turned on right now. And right away, uh, this is the brightest and best looking colored pass-through that I've ever seen. It does have a little bit of the, uh, it does suffer from being only one camera, so the perspective's not perfect, but as far as like drawing on objects around me and grabbing the I guess in terms of, you're saying not perfect, but taking, in terms of affecting your reality of it. Yeah. Minimal? Minimal. Uh, there's a little bit of just like wide angle choice, like choosing which focal length to use for it seems a little narrow. I can't see my hands over here, but when you get in here, bright and colorful and looks great. Uh, and yeah, the tracking is really good on these two. So I'm gonna try to draw something. What do I, I'm gonna draw a logo. You have to guess uh, what I have logo. To guess what logo? You it's probably. like the Disney Channel logo thing. I mean, yeah. It, you already <laughs> you, it's you, the MKBHD logo. Yeah. This is also off topic. Our logo is so hard to draw by hand. I've been working here for six years now, and I probably couldn't even make a good one by hand. It's because you're not an AR. Oh. How dare you? Do you think I want to see you draw? Well, I'll see you draw one in a minute. Um, yeah, no, I. I it's you'll hard. See the screen recording. I the the um. It's the angles are tough. Yeah, it doesn't. It's so simple, and at the same time, really tough. I think. I tried it once. I can't remember why. But if you're off by like 10 degrees, mm-hmm. which is minimal, it looks either really big or- Draw the or... waveform logo. That'll be even harder. Oh no, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> with, this, with the slots? I think I did pretty good. You'll see the recording, which I did okay. <laughs> but that, no, it is, it is very, the tracking, like you said, is really, really good. The tracking of the controllers is great. I'm seeing the object in front of me. I almost want to like grab it and move it around. It's like- very solid. One thing you'll notice is we kind of make this, we made this headset back heavy, 
So the weight distribution is where your neck is. So if you turn your head, it doesn't feel like there's anything hanging off the side that of your head. That is, it's, it's like very, pivot, the pivot point almost yeah. like a... Yeah, it's really well balanced. Like exactly what you're saying. Like the, when I turn my head around, I feel like there's the exact same amount in front of me and behind me, which is, is it? Good. Can we turn the volume down? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> where is that? And then the controls. Oh, it might be the fan. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I, think I can hear yeah. it from Marcus's headset. And it's, 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 it's pre-production oh, yeah. hardware. Yeah, so pre-production, you can still hear the fan, but it's not throttling. No, <laughs> so can, that's good. Can you potentially try on the um, the adjustment, the no back adjustment? I know it won't turn on unless being plugged in, but yeah. just in terms of feeling yeah, weight distribution sure. and comfort. You also notice that we didn't put a top strap on this. I was just going to say, for Marquez's hair, I'm sure he appreciates that a lot. Yes, I much prefer headsets that don't have a top strap. I don't think I'm alone in that, but no. yeah. That is that is a huge win. Yeah, if, during our research, we found a lot of people have a aversion to it. Um, like girls, might it might ruin their hair. Um, like various people. Like um, we have a few people in our um, in our, our European office who wear a turban, and having mm. this is also something that's really inclusive Fair. for them. Yeah. So that's also why we tried to make this design. We'll have a top strap in there just in case people really want to maybe they want it really loose or they have a really small head um well they're getting really into beat saber yeah just extra i was about to say the tracking is good because i am our tracking team's worst enemy because <laughs> every time they release something i test it on like beat saber or something nice. else i'm like this is off by like a centimeter that's to be beat saber is that one like my wife makes fun of me all the time because I'll be playing it and she'll just see me swing around. I'll be like, I hit that. That was off. I know I got that one. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure you know. Like, no, no, I need to recalibrate these. It's totally off. Yeah. This, so I'm currently, if you're not watching the video version, I'm mm-hmm. now wearing it without the battery on the back. And you would have, with this USB-C port, I imagine, a battery plugged in with a cable in your back pocket, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it is great if you're if you're going to lie back. I would do this but you can definitely feel the weight of it now f- on the front of your face, just like oh, a Quest yeah. 2 or anything like that. And I much prefer having the back strap and the battery on. So if I'm leaning back, this is fine. But the second I want to move around, I'm doing the back strap. Can I try real quick? Yeah. We'll try with a hat on too, I don't know. Should it still work with the hat? Yeah, it works Dude, fine with the hat. It looks cool with a hat. I forgot yeah. I wasn't gonna see anything. It looks cool with this hat, by the way. Just saying. One of one, you can't one buy it one. anywhere. We don't even have a link to. Put I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can feel it on the bridge of your nose a bit. Yeah, we tried a lot of. Um, we went through a lot of designs, and we really like this sunglasses style design. Um, and it, if you really look, like we tried to hide the cameras so they're not too obvious. Even mm-hmm. the speakers, um, we deliver a lot of, um, a lot of volume, a lot of clarity, a lot of bass, but we still try to make it as hidden as possible. Because we want it to, to really do look like glasses. Are the speakers on the uh, the strap that's going behind your ear? Yeah, is they're it, like right next to it. But it's not bone conduction, it's just a speaker? Yeah, it's just a speaker. Is that it? Yeah. So we oh, okay. to get if you get really close to your ears, that's how you get bass. Yeah. Um, because bass just falls off so quickly. Mm. Um, so even compared to like Vive Flow, we halved the distance between the speakers and the ears. And we also made the speakers bigger. Um, so the drivers themselves are bigger as well. Smart. Yeah. It's wild to me that you're holding a VR headset in a frame like that. Yeah. I mean, you do. You still of, need the battery, but this is good. Yeah. This is really. This is really nice. I'm. I'm excited about the future of where these things go. Like every time we get to try a new 
VR experience. I'm looking for kind of two things now. One is visual fidelity and overall just like how immersive can it be, which is always great when you're not doing pass-through and you're just like in the game and you see everything. But then when the pass-through mode is really good, I think that's the new thing to focus on, which is really fun. And then two is just like, can I be comfortable in it? Is it lightweight? Is it, does it look insane? Because the, the early VR headsets, speaking of CES, the first time I ever tried a VR headset was an Oculus Rift at CES. And I just remember like the whole setup process, plugging it into the computer. I, all of it was a nightmare until I put the headset on and I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. This has real potential here. So we've seen it evolve over time and I'm now looking forward to like the next versions of it. But this is really cool. I, I think a lot of people are going to really like it. Yeah, I think a lot of the user experience is something we've been working on a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We want things to be pick up and go. Um, even with the Vive, right, there was a setup process. Um, and it was kind of worse when we had dev kits because that's when Microsoft didn't have official support for it, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Developers and us used to kind of joke, which is like um, we'd have a process of making of booting up a PC. You plug in a USB, you wait until the Windows logo before you plug in the HDMI, mm. and then you wait until like five seconds after the start menu appears, you plug in the power, and then pray to you know <laughs> yeah. some deity and hope it works. Um, so I'm really glad we're past that. And I think with mobile headsets, if you plug in power, it'll just get up and go. And we put a tiny battery in here, which also allows for hot swapping. Uh, so if you if you are like using it for fitness, that right, smart. and you want to use it for more than two hours completely wirelessly, you can have a second backpack, sorry, a, a second battery back, yeah. or you can have like an existing power bank and you yeah. can go into glasses mode and just attach it to here. That is a really good idea. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Obviously, having the ability to pop off the battery is new, but well thought, well played. Sick. Uh, I have to ask one more question. Long, far off future, where do you see VR headsets in general? Do you see the the ultimate goal of these being like a super small like glasses thing that's super immersive that everybody wears all the time? Or do you still see it as a separate experience from the normal everyday work life, work and play? Because I feel like there are companies out there who make it very clear that they think we should spend all our time in VR. And that's kind of hard to see for me right now, but I'm curious how you guys look at it. I think I think there's a goal that everyone thinks is viable, which is like small, super small glasses, um, maybe 5G connected um, with, you know, cloud computing. And, you know, that's kind of a really nice goal to have. But the, the challenge isn't thinking about what the goal is. The challenge is thinking how you get there, right? Like going back to like the smartphone example, we're at, you know, seven inch smartphones. But smartphones went through this period, well, phones in general went through a period of going, being really big and getting small and being big again because the user experience ended up being better with it being bigger. It was really good with dumb phones when they were really small. And I think VR will probably go through something similar. And it's about what features do you pick, right? How do we, um, you know, as you have more adoption, all those costs come down as well, right? You know, when we started making VR headsets, we ended up, um, you know, some of the first prototypes we worked on with Valve, they're like smartphone displays that we like glued on. Yeah. But now things like these, right? We have custom displays in these. The reason why like you have $100 smartphones now is because there are so many off the shelf components you can pick. Mm. So I think we'll get to a point where there, that will become a thing. 
but we're trying to build out all the technologies needed um, to hit that, right? Like if, if, you know, if I went and got all these parts and sold them together, if I don't have the software, none of it works, right? And it's not just like, you know, it runs a custom Android operating system, but also all those, all the tracking algorithms, um, they have like deep learning algorithms in there as well. And all of that just takes also time um, and a lot of resources to to build. And we're just talking about the basics. I think with things like the metaverse, there are so many other fundamental basics that we have to build together um, to really reach this goal of, you know, having people want to be in there, right? I'm, you know, there's a way of, you, it's not something you can force people to go in. You ha There has to be some value for people to go back into it. 100%, yeah. I think we'll keep looking for that that killer app and the, that value that people really find the most compelling. But until then, the demos are really fun. So yeah, can you also? Um, you've been playing VR for a long time, and you're great at Beat Saber. For the VR gamers out here, can you give us a couple? I find my hardest thing playing VR is finding a game that I enjoy and going back to the same two over and over again. So any. Uh, any suggestions? Okay. Good, not well Hidden known. Gems. Besides Super Hot and Beat Saber. Okay. Um, it's also what very well known, but like Pistol Whip is also really good. Okay. Um, and if you some if you're someone who hates doing squats, like it makes you do squats. Um, okay. Because you're dodging bullets. All I the could time. use some squats. Um, dodging bullets. But aside from like the music based games, um, one thing that is really cool and we're actually going to show at CES is called Kayak VR, and it's exactly what it is, what it sounds like. You are in a kayak mm -hmm. and you're kayaking around, but it has some of the most beautiful scenes. It has like Antarctica with penguins. It has like fjords in, Nor in, in Norway. It's really nice to just go in and chill. Is it like high definition shot or is it like so graphics? It's, it's, it's PC VR as well. So okay. it, it's only released on PC VR because it needs that horsepower. Okay. Um, but you can connect this wirelessly to a PC and it just, it gives you a really nice experience. That I would love, my mom loves VR. I would love to sit her on the ottoman in my living room and just let her kayak around. I mean, I could do that all day, that sounds. Yeah, my mom kind of likes VR too. Your mom loves VR. Yo, when your mom came over, she played Beat Saber and was like screaming Star really Wars references. It. it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I might have to, yeah, we'll get her set up with one of these. <laughs> Sick. All right, thank you again to Shen from HTC for the time and the demo. And with uh, the last few minutes, we do want to go over the trivia answer. So we're back with David. We have our whiteboards and we have the two trivia questions to reconsider and figure out our answers for. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, gamers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the G Fuel. Which one of these flavors is fake? Yikes. Oh my goodness. Number one, spicy demonade. Number two, clickbait. Number three, blaze potion. Number four, battle juice. And number five, the juice. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> the juice. Just for the record, uh, I've never had G Fuel in my life. Yeah, just for the record, I'll be happy no matter what happens here because I get a point. Or I don't know anything about G Fuel. Yeah, I've never had G Fuel either. Both wins. Yeah. Yep. Flip them and read. So I said number one. The oh demonate no. with spicy demonate. Spicy yeah. demonate. That is wrong. Huh. I said blaze potion. I made that one up. Nice. And oh, I said clickbait. No, there's an actual G yes. fuel flavor called clickbait. I did write I in parentheses. Clickbait is a good name. 
If you were curious, uh, clickbait tastes like cherry pomegranate. I thought it'd be clickbait because that's not like a gaming term. It's more of like just a internet term. G Fuel's kind of gone to the point of like pat, like just like they're like the rage shadow legends of uh, energy drinks. Just doesn't G means gamer yeah. fuel? Maybe it did, but not, uh, who knows what it sense. means? Also, look at all these pop ups that come up when I go on this sale. Holy big guacamole. sale! End of year Bogo sale. Still website? has two years, two days left. I feel like I'm on mushrooms looking at this website. <laughs> Wait, January 3rd. the reason I picked Blaze is because they're partnered with Phase, and I assumed those two couldn't coexist. That'd so be Phase. No, yeah, the yeah, phase the, you're right. Sounds the, good. the Phase flavors all have the word Phase okay. in them. There, there is one. There's a few that have the word. Potion. That's not a tech trivia question. That's a gamer. It's tech adjacent. <sighs> Damn. We Whatever. make the rules. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Second question. Fine. Also, we're not interested in a G Fuel sponsorship. No, yeah. Oh, any G Fuel people clear. are watching. Yeah. Yeah. We are not clear. interested. Do not email us. Okay. <laughs> How many AirTags can you attach to your Apple ID? Quick update. Andrew is in the lead with one. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've written mine through the back. Also, <laughs> so I like, yeah. I know there is a number. It sounds crazy that they would limit it because one, it's making more money for Apple. <laughs> I think it was, well, I'm kind of giving away too much information here, but I'll say it anyway. I think yeah, it was nice. kind of like they just didn't expect people to get that many and they never bothered thinking about it. But also Justine hit the number. I'm oh. very confident some YouTuber has hit that number. So like a so it's like obvious a, number it's like or it's like a really high number? It's a reasonable, it's a reasonable number, number for 487. someone to hit. You know, I have an idea, Mr. Krabs, I have an idea, but I, in my account right now, have um, four air tags and two other find my things yeah. that have the, th I have a, my wallet is one and I have air tags on my keys and the tripod bags. Mm -hmm. So just mm. anyway. Why the right. tripod bags in particular? Because that's the only thing that we check under the plane. Uh, yeah. So it's like if we depart with our belongings that's the only thing we can lose because remember those stories we don't want that happening to True. the cameras yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah okay yeah. anyway all right i have my answer flip them is this wait, wait wait is this delta like closest delta or is it um the exact if we number? all get it wrong is right <laughs> no if we all get it wrong it should be closest sure okay, delta. Right. okay. Let's, okay. Do, let's do it here's the answers what did oh. you guys say oh, oh Andrew and i okay. both said 30 yeah, yeah. i said 10 oh Wait, Marquez is the closest though, so he gets the point. Is it nine? The answer is sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. So they that seems raised it to very 16. low. That seems really low. And that seems were, super but low. But like, think about it. Like, who has sixteen wait, air tags? Did they? I might. You have sixteen. You have 16. I currently you have, don't have seventeen. I can tell you. <laughs> I think I have nine. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, why? I'm about what, to hit the they? limit. Oh, well, they're in your cameras. I have it on all my expensive cameras. Yeah, that makes sense. If you just think about like someone who might have just like way more than usual, just like going, oh, I'll put an air tag on all of my X, Y, and Z. You, yeah. you might get to like twelve or wait, something. Adam, can you fact check that to make sure they didn't? Oh, I spent it? like the last oh. five minutes fact checking. It <laughs> I could see a scenario where you're a parent and you have air tags on your things, and mm. now the things of your kids, where you could hit sixteen mm. very you know easily. I, you know what I just found out about? There's Kids? a parents? Th no. Th <laughs> there is a piece of wearable technology that you give a kid that uh, is basically a phone. It's like a bracelet, uh -huh. but it oh, only can yeah. make and receive calls from pre-programmed numbers, like you, the parents okay. or friends. 
And there's an app that the parents can use to log in to track the location of the bracelet all the time and can call the bracelet. Did you know about these? No. I would just have I'm my kid swallow one. an air tag. Just like a kid a kid air tag. It's a kid air tag, basically. Picture you're like out with your friends and stuff, and it's like it's like seven thirty, you know, you're like a little late, your mom's yeah. probably wondering. And then your mom starts coming out of your wrist like, yo. Yeah. <laughs> like I a saw, walkie talkie. I don't want to say how, but I, I saw uh, an app of one of these and there is a setting where you can have it bypass the ring and just open just, a call. Just push to talk. Wait, like what is the targeted audience at this? Because when you said kid, I thought uh, 10. But when you started talking about like Kids out with your friends. Too young to get a phone. Yeah, too old, old enough to leave the house. Too young to I get. Guess, like, not like you're not like out. You're not like at the eight year old club. You're, no, you're, you're uh, on the cold sack. Oh, the you're, cold yeah, sack. Exactly. Okay, yeah. okay. Kids don't go outside anymore. <laughs> yeah. Born too I late. The ones that do are plugged in. I'd be so mortified and embarrassed if my mom pushed to talk. Yeah. Out of my such a flex. Like, I'm gonna wait, troll I gotta talk to my, my mom kid. and my wrist real quick. Give me a second. Imagine this. You're drinking G Fuel with your gamer friends. Yeah. You just down a big tub of quick <laughs> clickbait. You're, pay, you're you're playing Fortnite down in some clickbait. Marquez, can you end this? And suddenly your mom. <laughs> the storm's <laughs> closing in. Hey, uh, Jimmy, do you want Milo for dinner tonight? <laughs> mom, I'm playing G Fuel Gamer. Uh, no, Mom, I'm trying to clutch this Victory Royale. <laughs> <laughs> Waveformers produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Roman. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.